Welcome to the Creative Agency Account Manager podcast with me, Jenny Plant from Account Management Skills Training. I'm on a mission to help those in agency client service keep and grow those existing client relationships so your agency business can thrive. This episode's for you if you're interested in the role of account management within an app development company. Tim Moore from Sonnen joins me today and he's going to share with us his experience of working in an app development agency, what he believes makes a successful account manager in his agency, the typical types of projects he gets to work on. And also he's going to talk through the process that they follow from initial concept all the way through to final app development. So this is a fascinating episode. I really enjoyed my chat with Tim and I hope you get some value from it. Enjoy. So I'm delighted to welcome Tim Moore to the show. Tim works for a company called Sonin, and he's going to talk to you in a minute about what Sonin does. But the reason I invited Tim on to the show today was I want to do a series of interviews with account managers and directors who have specific expertise and specific areas of specialism within the creative field. So today I've chosen to speak to Tim because he has a lot of digital understanding He's been in the area for a long time, and I've asked him specifically to focus on app development. So, Tim, welcome. Thanks. Thank you. So, would you mind spending a few minutes just talking about you, Tim, your experience, how long you've been at Sonin, what you do at Sonin, and also what Sonin actually does? Yeah, absolutely. So, my experience was actually sales. I left university, went into sales roles, various different things, started my own company, ran a company in something completely different, in clothing, actually, and yes, in ski and snowboard wear, and... I sold that about 11 years ago, 10 years ago, and came on board with Sonin because I knew the founder and he knew my background in sales. And so about yeah, nine years, I've been with Sonin for nine years now, and I came on board initially for a short period of time to do a bit of sales, I thought six months, and set a few things up as a, uh, for a startup. And then, uh, yeah, nine years later, I'm still here. Apparently, I'm not, I'm not allowed to leave now. <laughs> I can imagine. I didn't even know that about your background. That's really fascinating. So in terms of the evolution of what you've seen over the years with Sonin in those nine years, what did the company start doing and what does it look like now? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, actually, because we started, we were born out of a web consultancy, so websites. My MD, Paul, he saw an opportunity in apps. This was pre-iPhone, though. So the first apps we built were on a Nokia phone. And it was a first app we built was a Nokia dating app that required Bluetooth, which was a bloody awful idea. You had to be within about a yard of someone and then you got a notification on a Nokia phone say someone within a yard likes you and you'd know because they'd be standing next to you. Brilliant. So the iPhone came along and saved us as a business really and an app development was a good path but in the early days we were in all honesty we were unsure what we were. There was an argument to say we were a digital marketing company and a, and a website developer and, a, and over the years we've just focused and focused, niche, niche, niche. And now we can categorically say for the last few years, we are an app development agency. That's what we do. Love it. Very clear, very, very specific. And before I dive into the rest of the questions, have you found that that niche positioning has actually accelerated the business? Has it helped? And if so, how has it helped? Yeah, yeah, dramatically helped. And it was something that I was completely wrong about because we do also build big web-based systems. We do. Quite often the back end of an app, an app's very thin client, doesn't do a lot. And there's some really powerful stuff going on on some servers somewhere. And we also get really heavily involved in, you know, IoT and AR and VR and machine learning, all these exciting things. 
but in terms of how we present ourselves, we're an app development agency and that's the starting point for our clients. And, and I say I was wrong. I said, well, we can't, we can't be that focused with our messaging. People won't contact us. They do. I was absolutely wrong. The more we refined our message and who we were, the easier it became to, to market us. So, yeah. Amazing. Well done. Okay, so I'm going to probably pick up on the conversation around app development because I'm eager to pick your brains on that. But first of all, let me ask you the question, uh, what do you think makes a great account manager, particularly in an, in an agency like yours? I know obviously you, you wanted to talk to me specifically about app development, but I can't, I can't help thinking it's kind of universal. It's understanding the client, their business, what they're trying to do. All we're trying to do is find value in what we do. You know, gone are the days, early days, people could call us because they needed an app. I remember a big pharma company, well, probably called and said, we need an app. We said, great. What do you want it to do? And they said, we, we, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we need an app. Classic. But those, those days are long gone and everyone wants a return and, and we want to provide it. That's, that's what keeps our clients coming back. And so the key for account management is understanding the business, their roadmap, their objectives, what they want, what they want to see by the end of the year, what they want to see by the end of a project, understanding value, those things are integral. I can't imagine that's much different from many other industries as well. I agree with totally what you said there, Tim. I absolutely agree. It's all about having that business acumen, that commercial understanding. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter what you're actually delivering at the end, as long as the problem that you're solving is the right problem. So in order to do that, you have to have an understanding of the business. So you're talking my language completely. So to your point about, you know, they used to come to us and say, I want an app, I don't quite know why just do it. What kinds of problems do clients come to you with now? Like what do they see in your offer and what's the conversation that's had at that stage? Yeah, I'd say why people come to us is quite varied, but the problems they have that they're trying to solve are universal. I read something a while ago, there's only nine unique business problems, you know, and, and we... And I can't, I can't list them, but it was interesting. I was going to say, can you... no, yeah, I can't remember where it was. But I remember thinking at the time, that that's true. You know, we get a lot of people coming. It's, it's uh, the type of products we build fall into two categories. They're either enterprise backend, you know, um, staff focused apps. So for a big, big company and you've got some logistics problems or operational problems or whatever it may be, and you're looking to technology to solve that. Or they're customer facing ones, a marketing exercise to a point, they're trying to increase sales or increase revenue. So internally, we say, you know, make money or save money. There's the two categories that people are looking to do. And so they'll come to us because we work with every type of industry, you know, and they'll come to us because, yeah, they can't communicate well enough. Most recently, a good example, everybody needs a way to communicate that isn't in person. So they Mm. need to build in video chat functions into products or live chat, you know, text chat things. Okay, amazing. And I love the way you've described that, actually, this, you know, internal focused, saving you money, but external customer focus, making you money. I love that. That's just so clear. So going back to the account manager role. So the key thing that account manager has to have is an understanding of the client's business, the commercial acumen. And then what value do you think the account management role can have within the agency? Within the agency? Well, it's I, I see it very much as a bridge between the two. I did a talk a while ago on, on what I called the bow tie method. Essentially, historically, account manager has sat with account manager. So you've got an agency behind you, one side, all these people working away, and you've got a client, all these people work, and you just communicate through one point. And I said I like to flip it on its head and, and open lines of communication across the board, and we do. Project managers talking to project managers. In our case, developers talking to client-side development teams as well. More communication, the better. But the value I see that the account management bringing is essentially a representative on both sides. With the client, it's a representative of the agency, and with the agency, it's a representative of the client. So 
if I'm doing my job well, I understand the business, the objectives, what the client wants to achieve, where the return's going to be. And I also understand the technology to a point. I'm not technical, haven't been, you know, bit of a crash course nine years ago when I when I joined, but I understand what technology can do and how you can leverage it. So yeah, somewhere in the middle of those two things and being the conduit for, for both. You know, that's a great point. And I'd love to kind of pick your brain on this one because, you know, some agencies try to make a decision of whether they should have account management or not. And I know that depending on who you talk to, some people say, well, the account manager, they don't have the technical understanding. So how could they possibly hold a conversation with the clients? So I'd love to get your view on that because you said, you know, I've got enough technical understanding. I did a crash course. So that's obviously clearly important to an account manager in your industry particularly. But talk to me about that kind of scenario. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I mean, my clients aren't technical generally and they want real world solutions they want it described in a real world way i've got this problem how are we going to solve it and i can i just just had a call just now with a new client and they were saying here's the problem we want to solve we want to up communication and this is the problem and the fact that i understand the technology say okay well we could build a function that does this because i understand that the capability and what we can achieve I couldn't go and build it for them and I couldn't advise our developers. And we've got blooming great devs that I could put in contact with their development team. That's why I say I like to open the lines of communication so everyone's talking to you. They're not trying to, I'm not passing on information and then passing it back and things getting lost in process. Their lead dev, our lead dev will have a long chat and we'll cover any security questions, any technology stack questions, any of that that I don't fully understand. That'll all happen anyway. But because I understand what we can do and understand the climate. And that's you see, that's a great understanding. Is that you've just explained it so well? I mean, so your skills are in the communication skills, and you know, for someone perhaps thinking about getting into an app development company in a, in the account management role, it's actually quite reassuring to think, well, yeah, of course, the people that you initially talked to at the client side don't have that deep level of expertise or experience in technical understanding. But as the project progresses, you can then open up the lines of communication, as you say, introducing your dev to their kind of technical person, et cetera. Yeah, one of the big things I think I learned early on because I, I came into the role and a big worry was I don't know enough about the technology. And I, I said I went on a crash course. I just read for weeks and weeks before I started the role. I actually found an old notebook, which was reasonably embarrassing because the type of things I was writing down were were a little bit up there. Yeah, Can you share something? Yeah. Oh, it was just around. It was just wrong, in all honesty. It was just it was stuff I'd read that got backwards. But we've got a great team here that helped me early on. And, and in fact, I haven't had to use a lot of it. And I think another, you ask about values, I think a real good value in an account manager is understanding people and understanding how to pitch things. I've got clients that will actively avoid technology discussions it upsets them in all honesty and they don't want to know they just want to know solution-based real world results we just had a new client join a startup who has got a background in development and he fascinated it and really wants to know and we're doing some clever stuff with the new serverless uh, technology and he's really interested in it so great but I'm not the man so I you know I set up a call with with our lead dev and him and they're happy that we've got it covered you know I don't need to know it and I'm sure you say people coming in I don't see it as a barrier it certainly hasn't been to me so it's in your people understanding as well that your ability to communicate well I mean you're a fantastic communicator but also to diagnose what's needed you know let me do an assessment let me gauge what kind of person we're dealing with and then you make it happen so again fantastic skills for an account manager 
Yeah, I hope so. That's what I aim to do. Yeah, facilitate. Brilliant. That's largely it, yeah. So when you do start, you know, talk us through what happens at the beginning. Like, where do you even start when you are going into an app project? Yeah, it's uh, a huge amount of questions, in all honesty, learning. You know, so our, our process that we have developed over years, because it, and things have changed quite dramatically, you know, in, in the way you build technology now, you know, nine, ten years ago, we were still running projects from a project management point of view in a waterfall method, you know, a lot of research up front, a lot of documentation, six, nine month builds where the client wouldn't see anything to the end, you know, and all this stuff. And now, of course, we're fully agile and it's all about collaborative process and understanding. And so we start all of our, our projects with a workshop that although it's run from our head of project management, our head of design, and it's about focused on two things. It's understanding business, understanding users, two parts to it. And for me as an account manager, it's fantastically useful because I sit in a room, we invite stakeholders, anyone that wants a say in the product, and that normally is the, the uh, group of directors. And they sit for a day and they tell us what the business is trying to achieve how they're trying to get there. And then we do some user research, we do some focus groups. So we understand their users, whether that's internal or external, because you face the same challenges. If it's staff and you deliver a product they don't want to use, they'll find a way around it. They go back to WhatsApp, whatever it is, you know, the process has to be the same. So when we start a project, it's all about the more understanding we can get the better. A little while ago, we, we, we've, done, we've done a lot of work over the years in understanding where our value is and what our company values are. And we came to the conclusion that we want to build the right product. That's our focus. And that sounds a little bit obvious, maybe, but there are a lot of agencies that will aim to build the most amazing thing you can imagine, or the quickest thing, or the cheapest thing. We want to build the right thing. So the right thing for the business and the right thing for the users. And the only way you're going to start that process is questions and understanding. The more we understand, the better we can pitch our idea. Because the next part is then pitching a solution. And if we understand the user completely, that solution is going to end up at the right product, or certainly we hope. Great. So you start with the workshop, then you do some user kind of investigation, and then you pitch the idea, the initial idea. And presumably, to your point about it's an agile process, what does that first step look like, that first stage look like? So the workshop results in the prioritization of features into a product into an app here are the features that are going to get you the most value and we look to a release point as early as possible so that the business can start getting value back in all honesty it might be a nine-month development road plan but within the first four sprints there is a deliverable that you could put out and they could start getting value from why not so after the workshop and we deliver that prioritized sprint plan and commission it We'll then, within the project managers, start work with their project managers. There's some wireframing, some design bits and pieces before then in, into sprints. And we don't even anymore design the whole product from start to end. We design the things that are going to affect the first few sprints because businesses change. In three months' time, the business has different requirements. Something changes in the market. We've seen a few changes over the last couple of years. Something changes, we can react immediately. So well, the next sprint, which is in 10 days' time, can now be this feature that's more important. And the first part of that sprint is a wireframing session and some design work. So, yeah. Love it, love it. It's really educational for me, actually, just to understand what your thinking is. Can you give me an example of what might change for the client in terms of, you know, hang on a sec, we've made a change or the business needs something else. What's an example of something that would change? 
Yeah, a good example is a client that I'm working with at the moment. We've been working for a number of years and they do repossession of cars, which doesn't sound very romantic, but it's, it's an interesting business that they have. And over the last year, the FCA, for example, came out and said, well, you can't repossess cars this year. Didn't know that. It's COVID, people aren't earning, you can't now repossess cars. So the roadmap that we had, it was a user, it was there. They have a lot of process and protocol. It has to be quite, you know, they don't want to come to somebody's house and steal their car away. It's a very soft approach that they take. And they want their staff who repossess those cars to do it in a certain way. So the app that we're building for them was about walking them through that process and at a kind of smooth transition and most of them are, are not contentious anyway. It's you come to an end of, a, of an agreement with the bank, they're employed by the bank, and, and someone's coming to pick up the car that you don't want anymore. So it's fine. But that's a really good example of this. Well, this is happening. We know we're up for a tender for a couple of new banks that want to use us. So could we pivot and, and add these features in and spend the next few months building these features that will help us win those tenders, you see? Now, if we'd been on a six, nine-month plan and it all been planned we said well we can't really we're, we're in built we've designed the whole thing we know what we're doing now we're going tough you know they came to us we can't repossess cars can you pivot yeah within five days we're now working on the thing that they need amazing what a great example as well well done for bringing that out that was fantastic do the clients ask you for measurement like is it clear from the beginning of developing an app typically that you have measures of success or measurable outcomes can you predict that far or is it is it really difficult it's absolutely our aim as i say about delivering value and delivering the right product is what we aim to do so we build in some so what we, what we call as a package product success so from those early days those workshops we're identifying a user journey and we're saying here are the pain points in your current user journey and here how we're going to improve them and we kind of come up with a hypothesis this is what we think is going to improve more people are going to be able to move from point a to point b and that's going to reduce this cost. And that could be for a company recently that do industrial floor paints, for example, which doesn't sound exciting, but it was a, it was a really interesting product. It was about end customers getting quotes that they wanted and getting the support they wanted to get to those quotes. So currently, it's a manual, you know, pick up the phone and they wanted to do it through an app. We could really identify, currently, you produce this many quotes, this many sign-offs, this many things with the app. We can monitor the same thing. How many can we get through? Uh, and we get so much more analytics because in an app, your whole journey can be reviewed. I, you know, how many times you've logged in, how many times you come back, how many times you press a certain button. All of those metrics are there to be gathered. So we do, and then we produce a report months after the products go live to try and prove our hypothesis. We thought we were going to save you X amount. A good example is a student housing company. They came to us for something slightly different. They said, have you thought about adding rent payments into the app? And I said, I'm not sure people are going to use an app to pay their rent. We did some user research and students said, be happy to, be, be easier. And I think the, the first weekend it went out, there was over six figures went through the app in the first weekend of rent payments being available on an app because it was an easy solution, easier for them. So, yeah, it's, we, we aim to be measurable. Amazing. Can I ask a really silly question? It's just totally my lack of understanding. Yeah. So if a company has already got a website, say that student housing, they're already taking the payments on the website. Is it just the natural evolution that they would, you know, want the app as well? I mean, are there companies that just say that they want it web-based or is it most companies nowadays always have an app if they've no, got any kind of processing? It's no? A, it's a good, it's not a silly, it's a good question actually. Is it? Because sometimes a solution is web-based and we're, right. you know, we are open to that solution and our, our aim to build the right product might mean no product at all. And we're, we're kind of okay with that because if we, 
in all honesty, our focus has always been about long-term relationships. We've still got some clients we had from when I started nine years ago. That's our focus. And if I build you something that isn't going to give you a return, you're not going to turn into a long-term relationship. You're going to go. So apps are really good at task-orientated things. Get in, get out, do a thing, check your bank balance, book a ticket. They're really good because they're focused. And they also can hold a lot of data about you. So they know where you are in the world. They know who you are because you're probably still logged in. All of those things are really handy. What they're not so good at is things like browsing. So if you sell shoes, for example, you're unlikely to go back to an app to browse to buy new shoes. You'll probably go to Google and you'll start a bit of a search and you'll go onto someone's website. So it very much depends on, on what you're trying to achieve. Again, a bit of a broken record where the value is. And, and yes, sometimes it's not. Interesting. Okay, so it wasn't such a silly question after all. So that's really interesting. So again, it comes back to what you said at the beginning about understanding the client's business, wanting to make sure that the solution is spot on for them. So that all makes sense. Are you finding that, I mean, you must have seen such an explosion in the number of apps we've seen in the last nine years. (laughs) Are you finding it that more and more it becomes more difficult for a client to actually get their users to use an app because I'm just thinking about my own experience of my Mm. iPhone and how many apps I've got Mm. and I often find myself deleting the ones I haven't used for ages so I have my kind of go-tos like I don't know the banking app or Amazon app but gets to a point depending on what the size of your phone's like that you're trying to just you know filter them out have you found that you have to work harder nowadays to get an app to be actually used um not harder to be used, harder to be seen. When we started, you could put an app in the app store and it would get downloaded, guaranteed. Now it gets lost. Right. So harder for that. But we know, we have more data now to know that abandonment rates are quite high. And if you do get deleted, you're very unlikely to get reinstalled. People won't download again and try again. So, you know, something we preach a fair bit when we're talking to clients, that the initial experience has to be a good one. If it's not the right thing, people will delete and they won't come back. So that's true. And, and again, it's, you know, that's why half of our workshops are dedicated to that user. Is there value for them? If there isn't, probably shouldn't spend your money on building it because they'll delete it and it will never come back. A point about the users, actually, because you said that you do some user testing. Mm. And then once you have, like, not the prototype, but the, the kind of phase one version with the minimal features, do you always have some kind of beta testing stage where people will, you know, you'll choose a group to try it out or not? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely the aim. It largely depends on our clients and on what they want to do. The focus is always to try and, and test it. And we will take, ideally, and, and often the case, we, we, you know, if we've done a focus group on the initial features and what we're trying to build, once it's built, we take it back to the focus group and check off that it is what they want and they are going to use it. Some projects, we've, we've been lucky enough to do some really quite large-scale beta testing. You know, we built an app for an insurance company, for a big car insurance company, that was around when you've had an accident, you open the app and it walks you through the process of what you now need to do. And so kind of holds your hand at, at what is the most stressful time. A really interesting discovery session for us because, you know, we spoke to people, you know, it is one of the most stressful times. You just crashed your car. How do you want to be presented with information? You know, and that was fantastic because we actually got to set up some fake car crashes with the insurance company. So there's a scene and you put someone in the car essentially and said, right, you've just had this accident here's your phone, the app for the insurance company on the phone, go, what do you do next? And we got to run a full-scale test for a couple of days and, and get the results out of that and see how they used it. That was a particularly good one. That must be quite exciting. So you get involved in all different types of industries and scenarios. Yeah. 
Amazing. And in your role as account director, how much of it do you get involved in? You know, you said at the beginning, you're very much there at the front end. You're there at the workshop facility, you know, with the project manager and the head of design, I think you said. But how does the role work? I mean, I'm, I'm there throughout. I don't know whether I'm slightly different because when I, you know, when I came on board with Sonin, there was only a few of us, you know, and so I've kind of moved through different roles within the company, always with the sales and looking after our accounts as the main part of it. But, you know, putting in a project management function and then employing people that could actually do project management, which is not me. So I'm potentially involved more than another account manager would be in certain things. But because we work in an agile way, because we're delivering, we, we aim to deliver something every 10 days whether it's some screenshots or a, a video walkthrough or whatever it may be. So our clients consistently see that we're building what they want. And so I, as an account manager, I get to see that every 10 days. So from the workshop, post live with all of that success stuff, I talked about how we monitor performance. It's kind of the whole thing, really. Amazing. Okay. And to that point about continuing to catch up with clients, yeah. do you have any kind of quarterly business reviews or ongoing strategy sessions? Like, How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. Contact is key. (laughs) It's the more contact I have with clients, the more I I understand them. People are in general quite polite. And if if they're not sure about something, they've seen something they don't quite like, they probably won't say anything. And if they see it again, again, they probably won't. And then by the third time, they're really angry and they're going to, you know, burn the house down. So if I've spoken to them within that period of time, then they'll probably say, oh, that thing. And and we get to solve the solution together and it doesn't, doesn't escalate. So I do two things. I try and stay in contact as, as much as possible and then put in some essentially quarterly business reviews. Some clients, it's more like a monthly and then it's an update on more high level things. Again, back to business objectives. In the meantime, you know, I try to take away their business objectives, look at the market, look at competitors, see what they're doing and provide some some value back to them so that on those reviews, we're, we're, we're kind of pointing to where they should go. Well, that's, that's the aim. Yeah. Some great value bombs there that you've just shared for other account managers. Yeah, because you're right. I mean, the more frequent you have those touch points, the more opportunity the client has to share any grievances or feedback to you. And then again, those ongoing forums that you have with those clients enable you to continue shining in their eyes, you know, bringing, because you are at the cutting edge of what's changing. And all of that insight that you can provide, not only about your industry, but also the client's industry and other competitors, et cetera. So fantastic tips for account managers that might be listening, thinking, how do I keep giving ongoing value? What for you, Tim, makes a really successful client agency relationship? I might repeat myself again, really here. Yeah, it's it's the understanding piece. It was, I think it was the marketing director of Kellogg's and he was speaking at an event. You may have seen it actually, but it was about new business. And someone said, "As as a salesperson, how do I get to you? You're the marketing director of Kellogg's. I want to sell to you. How do I get to you? And he said, no more about my industry than I do know about my business as much as I do and have a fresh idea I haven't had I kind of really stuck and I kind of think the same for our clients is know about their industry know about their business and come with new ideas they haven't thought of that are going to help them and if I keep doing that they'll probably keep working with us love that and that guy that asked that question in the audience he probably felt crushed at that moment didn't he because actually the question was wrong you know how can I sell to you how can I get to you but actually, it's more about what value can I bring to you? Yeah. So yeah. it was a really good lesson for me because I think occasionally you get lazy and you think I could, you know, we've just done some interesting work in AR. I could go and pitch an AR app to so-and-so. I could call them up. They, they'd want to do something in AR. 
have I spent the time? Have I put the work in? Do I know their business? Do I know what they're trying to do this year? Because you can burn relationships an awful lot quicker than you can make them. Absolutely, 100% agree. Because people buy for their reasons, not yours. You know, if you're going in with your story, your creds deck, your ideas, but actually you haven't diagnosed first, then you absolutely run that risk, I think. I totally agree with you. So what advice would you give, Tim, if someone's listening to this and thinking, I love the sound of what Tim's working on, what advice would you give to someone trying to get into the app development space from an account management point of view? For a company like ours that doesn't specialise in an industry, some do, most, most don't, I don't think. I would say read as much as you can, understand business, how businesses work, what their objectives are. You know, a CEO will release a statement at the beginning of the year and tell everyone what they're trying to do quite often. You can find the information out and the, the more you can understand business problems and how people are solving them, better place you are to, to help solve them in, in in a business like ours definitely read about technology you know you have to love technology i i do i love a i love new technology i love reading about new technology I, like i said i i'm not technical i can't do the work but i i can see an opportunity in something over the years a lot of things have been released the apple watch came out and instantly you can see 10 things you could deliver for a client to help them because you sit there and watch the cheesy apple developer conference you know reading and learning reading about businesses learning about technology that's the place i'd start brilliant so do you typically attract the people that are kind of those early adopters to new technology can you say that most people that work there are of that kind of mindset we yeah we employ for it we want to see some people some passion you know if from our development team if they've built their own thing somewhere and they've got passion for it love it you know Mm. we have days throughout the year where we we kind of close the agency for a day and do a, a son and create where we give them a brief and they can go and build what they like and the whole team's involved not just the devs so where if you thought oh, i'd be really interesting if you could do something with bluetooth that well we we have where when you get in the lift the coffee machine starts because they know who you are because of the app on your phone and the bluetooth oh, wow. device in the lift so a passion for technology is is yeah is quite key Amazing. Do you have anything else like that? That sounds quite space age to me right now. But what other things do you have typically in your agency that kind of highlights how much you love the technology? Our agency. Well, the guys are always building their own products and bringing them in. So, you know, when well, when machine learning, artificial intelligence kind of started cropping up in a more achievable manner. So you didn't have to write your own. You could use IBM released Watson, which was their kind of off the shelf option. We've got a client that has does print design so they're a company that sell websites essentially to print designers so everything you buy is probably done by a design company that they then sell to the company that print it on that bit of fabric there you go another strange client and they list tens of thousands of images weekly and people sit there and they press buttons say you know that is a floral print and it's a this type of print this type of print and the guy said you know we could do something with ai and we gave them a few days leeway and they used ibm watson and you you sent it a bunch of images and it sent you back those images tagged so that is a floral print because the machine learned what we fed it all the data we had and it learned and then we get to go back to clients say hey we've done a thing potentially save you hours and hours and hours wow 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 this is very compelling stuff, isn't it? I mean, would you say that for most businesses, if they said, you know, Tim, help us kind of save money or make money, there would be some technological solution that would enable them to do that? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I mean, 
sometimes, you know, we're, we're prepared that it might not be an app, which is largely what we do, uh, like I said, and potentially something they could do in-house, you know, and we're, we're not adverse to that either, if they could develop whatever they have further. But there, there is some core business problems. I think if you have them, then I think, I believe you can, you can fix them with technology. Great point. What other trends have you seen in the app space? Trends in the app space. Well, I'd say most recently has been all about reducing human contact. So face-to-face interactions phasing out. We're doing a video call now, we're not in person, and, and that's been everything. And that's staff, you know, it's people not in offices. So just in the last year, there's been, a, you know, everything we do has had a tinge of that somewhere. Well, people aren't meeting, so now we have to, you know, so that that's big. The other areas that we're working, you know, that have come up over the last nine years that I've been doing it is things like uh, fintech. So open banking kind of thing. You can now get access to your account data. So you can do some really cool things with that. We're working in prop tech space as well. A lot of historically historical kind of industries now looking to technology, looking to apps to, to help them. So if you've got a whole, whole host of residents in a, in a property and you want to manage that, then an app where you open lines of communication, where you get to send images and text and communicate better is massively advantageous and they're seeing that. So it's in the digitization of those historical kind of businesses we're seeing a lot at the moment. Every client I speak to says, we're so far behind, Do but they? every industry is really. There's a couple that are leading the way and the rest, the rest aren't. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I can imagine because they, they probably think, oh, we should have done this years ago or something. But, you know, and actually, you're right, the pandemic has just accelerated everything, isn't it? I mean, would you say that you haven't slowed down during this time? Because out of most agencies, your services particularly are... We did a bit last year in all honesty. You know, last year when everyone kind of left their offices, we did and, and things slowed down. And then towards the end of last year, and certainly since vaccination things in this year, it's gone bananas. It really has. Everybody coming back, realising that maybe they've lost the best part of a year. And as a business, they still need to achieve the same targets as they ever had. So, yeah, all, all of our clients have been wanting to do more and new clients coming in at a faster rate than we've seen before. Yeah. Um, to try and yeah, use technology to, to solve some of the problems they've had. I can believe that, actually, in, in what you do. So this has been amazing, Tim. You've shared so many tips and value. So have you got any final words of wisdom for someone who's in the account management role and they are thinking about working in the area of app development? Um, any kind of thing that we haven't covered that you think might be useful for them to know? I don't think anything I haven't covered. I think learning technology and learning the business. I think reading people is important. I think observing people and understanding the different types of people is equally important. And I find technology is an odd one. It's not something, I mean, you said, I, I don't know, this might be a silly question. And you was kind of nervous to ask. And that is absolutely what I see all day. People are a bit scared and they don't want to seem silly and they think they should probably know it. Well, they should, shouldn't. So understanding people and, and trying to second guess the questions they want to ask that they're not asking is, seems quite important. People will work with us or commission things if they trust us of course and if they understand what we're trying to achieve and if you you can understand the business objectives understand technology pitch the best thing in the world if people don't quite understand it they're not going to really trust it and they're probably not going to sign off on it so identifying what type of person you're talking to where your commonalities are and how the best way to present something to them is i think is is probably the third part of of what i try and do i'm not I'm certainly not an expert at it, but I try and pitch things at the level of someone I'm talking to. Do you know what? I'm so glad you finished off on that point because you're so right. And I'm sure, like me, you know, there's that nervousness for looking silly and 
not being up to date enough. And what you just said was so funny. I see this all the time. So, you know, we're not different. So for you to be in that position of, first of all, spotting something and then tailoring your approach and making people feel really comfortable, because I think that's what you're talking about, really, isn't it? Making people feel safe and and understood and uh, heard. Yeah, love it. Thank you so much, Tim. This has been brilliant. How can people get hold of you if they're interested in in learning more about Sonin and and what you do? Yeah, our website, sonin.agency. That's us. Jump on there and everything's on there. All our contact details are there and and links to, and you can see some of the work we've done as well. Fantastic. All right. Thanks so much again. This has been absolutely brilliant. So maybe we can do a a part two at some point. I'd love to. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Great. hope you enjoyed that chat with Tim I certainly did now if you've been listening to the podcast for a while I'd love to ask you a huge favor would you please go and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts that means that the podcast gets seen by more people and I'm able to help more people in the account management role in the creative agency so thank you so much and also thank you so much if you've already left me a review I really really appreciate it until the next week take care